At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. People are strange. strange. Something strange. Is that strange? That is strange. Dr. Heather Gessling, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, 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 indeed. You are very busy. Uh, I know the wellness company. I looked into the wellness company, the handful of doctors that are in it right now. You guys are everywhere. Um, I, I know what you're trying to do, but please describe to the listeners who you are, what the goal is, what are you trying to do? Yeah, so the wellness company was started last year and it was, there were several missions um, that the different groups of us that had come together sort of had. And the, the group of physicians that I'm in, we've been fighting for medical freedom and discussing truth about COVID and the injections. And then also the um, owner and founder, Foster Colson, he had already been working with Zev Zelenko, Dr. Zelenko. Oh, okay. And awesome. knew, you know, what had been happening with regard to the suppression of truth about early outpatient treatment and really how the medical system had failed patients and understood that we were in a terrible situation with regard to the the patients getting what they needed and so we all joined forces and knew that we needed to bring truth to the american people and also hopefully be able to expand and provide those services worldwide and also be able to give guidance to uh, patients with regard to how they can treat covid and provide wonderful quality products that are natural yeah. to help patients be able to also treat COVID and get off their pharmaceuticals. Oh, for sure. But so as far as you go, who is Dr. Heather Gessling and how did you get into this? Uh, what, when did you kind of like realize, holy moly, this uh, scenario that I'm in is just not reality. And when did you kind of wake up to this whole thing? There, I think that that happened in stages. I had already over the last several years been a little bit um, uh, aware and awake that I didn't want to follow all of the guidelines and evidence-based medicine that was being pushed down my throat, pushed down physicians' throats. You know, you have to treat patients a certain way. Yeah. You have to you know, check off all the boxes and only follow these standards as far as the the delineation of treatments. And I never, I never liked that. I always wanted to be a physician that took care of my patient based off of what I felt like the patient needed. I trusted my, my knowledge. I trusted my education and I trusted my relationship with the, with the patient. So I was, I was already sort of down that road, but then when COVID hit, and I was studying every day to try and figure out what my patients needed. 
And I realized that so much of it was nutrition. And then I saw how hydroxychloroquine worked and that it worked by helping bring zinc into the cell. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that um, nutrition really does play a role and um, the importance of vitamin D level. And then, but then back to hydroxychloroquine, when I saw what they were doing with hydroxychloroquine and basically trying to say that it was dangerous and ineffective. Oh yeah. It was so clear. I, yeah, they, I was, they completely I politicized it. Right. I mean, as soon as Trump came out and said that hydroxychloroquine might be able to work, uh, yeah. everybody has to come out against it. Hurry up, hurry up. Uh, the smear campaign. Right. And, exactly. And, and, and then you knew that this whole thing, you couldn't trust any of it. I knew that the right. information that was coming out, wasn't going to be worthwhile. And I had to look for that information in other places. And that's when I started looking to develop networks of other with other physicians that were also awake to the truth and be able to learn from them. And we were just going to practice old school medicine where we talked about what was working with our patients and learn from each other mm -hmm. and not be told like from the government that there's nothing that you can do yeah. or just you know, just tell patients, you know, to just sit at home and, and wait till you're super sick and then go to the ER. Or just wait to die. I mean, a lot of people just, you know, straight up died too, but. I know. Yeah. So what was that like as far as being a physician? You're kind of seeing the writings on the wall. You're, you kind of are this, I guess, just that they wanted you to be a pharmaceutical salesman almost, right? It's like, that's, you're always, your cure is a, just a drug, right? Well, yeah, I mean, the pharmacy, the pharmacy, um, excuse me, the pharmaceutical uh, world was basically what we were taught in medical school, mm -hmm. that there has to be a medicine for every chronic condition or, you know, um, disease process out there, instead of getting to the bottom of things and reversing that disease, which is what yeah. the wellness company is all about is restoration of health and disease reversal, deprescribing, you know, this freedom from pharma concept where patients are um, uh, guided and taught on how to get off of medications and rely on diet, not necessarily like a, a fad diet. I'm saying what they're eating every day, their food oh, yeah. choices, lifestyle, and um, nutrition choices. Yeah, no, that's huge. I mean, we've, it's been shown. I mean, uh, the obese population was heavily impacted by this, right? The, the COVID disease as there well you as, you know, that's exactly right. Right. And yes. then vitamin D supplementation, you know, it's just, it was all over the map where yeah. not only did, did, did this disease tell us that, you know, whenever you have bureaucrats running medicine that will cause extensive damage, but when you are just already kind of sick and you're inflamed right. as a society from poor nutrition, lack of exercise, lack of just overall healthcare, like, uh, we you were know, just, our country was just sitting ducks, you yeah. know, everybody's already sort of not in the greatest shape. Lots of people are overweight and not eating healthy and that put them at such high risk. So how did you reach out to doctors when you were kind of realizing things weren't right and you were trying to kind of form this coalition? How did you kind of mm -hmm. like, was it all surreptitious? Was it kind of behind your employer's back where you're just kind of like, Hey, I have to do this. This is the right thing to do. Well, there wasn't hardly anything local. Yeah. There wasn't, you know, the, the, the local, my local peers, uh, the physicians that I worked closely with, they, they 
didn't really have interest in going outside of what the mainstream was saying to them. And I, there was a physician that was sort of, um, close by to me, um, that I started talking with. He, he, um, had realized that ivermectin was important and that it could help, but this was a year and a half into the pandemic that we really connected. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I, um, I just, as far as my local peers was very, very alone. And I, and I, you know, was the chief of staff in my hospital and I tried to talk to my peers about it and they were just, you know, flat faced. They didn't want to hear how nutrition really played a role. I was trying to talk to the director of the ER about making sure that these patients that are coming into the ER were taking all of these vitamins. And there was no interest in hearing that. Hmm. Um, But then with regard to the physicians that were waking up and realized that there was more, there was more truth than what we were being told, you know, that happened, that happened through social media that happened through um, friends that I had met in uh, groups online. And then we, you know, just supported each other. Thank goodness for those groups. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for those the online community. Yeah. And I mean, as far as, um, you know, when, when the vaccine rolled out, well, they call it a vaccine. It's more of just a, a you know, mm-hmm. a treatment of, you know, an experimental treatment. We'll put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. But when that started rolling out, it was very obvious to, I think, a lot of people because it started out as suggestive, like, hey, go out and get the vaccine. It's it's good for you. You know, hey, hey. And then it turned into kind of bribes slash incentives. Like we'll mm-hmm. give you a, a lottery ticket. We'll give you some free fast food, some donuts. And then came the mandates. And that's when I think a lot of people, you know, the rise of the resistance, that's when everything, the big pushbacks happen. Right. And I think, did you even speak? Did you speak at the, uh, the DC rally? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did speak at the DC rally. Um, and read a portion of a declaration that a group of physicians and I had wrote, that we're really standing up against that totalitarian approach to medicine. And the the path that we went on in 2021 was, you know, hey, here it is. Here's this injection. Everybody, you know, needs to just take it without asking questions. And then Mm -hmm. not everybody did. And then so then, like you said, there's bribes. And then they follow the path of the mandates. And what i what i feel like we should learn from that is that every there were an incredible amount of people that were screaming and yelling early on in 2021 this is where we're heading wake up they're gonna they're gonna push these on you and and your children too and your children too yeah yes yeah yeah that's something that uh so i have a i have three kids um all all the guys on the show have kids. Uh, another guy has three kids, another one too. So we're all parents. We all have kids in school. And that is the one concern that we all have still is what is going to happen to our children? Are they going to try to mandate stuff? Because if they do, honestly, like all my kids are getting out of school. Like that's exactly. just straight up. But, um, yeah. but that's when everybody really just, I mean, kind of you know, it hit the fan for a lot of people. You know, there was a lot of people waking up. A lot of people were leaving their jobs. A lot of people realizing this isn't really what I wanted to do. And you had the formation of 
you know, such groups as like the wellness company, other groups. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's kind of like a awakening, you know, that this country is having or this country is having that um, is proving that maybe we were living in the shadows for a long time. We weren't being told the truth, especially about healthcare and whatnot. And so that yeah. is uh, that's, I think, the important thing that I think that you're trying to do with the wellness company. Um, mm -hmm. but like you said, a lot of people lost trust with the healthcare system, right? With the Absolutely. FDA, with everything. And how, how do you try to, with the wellness company, how are you going to instill that trust back to the people? So we just, our, our goal in our mission is to provide care to the patient based off of what's best for the patient. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not going to say we're afraid to prescribe this beneficial medicine because, you know, somebody up high is saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, if we know it's helpful and we want to take care of a patient with, you know, regard to long haul COVID or vaccine injury and provide them with beneficial treatment, that's what we do. And if this is happening right now, and we're standing up for good medicine and we're standing up for the sanctity of the physician patient relationship. We know that whatever has happened with COVID can happen again. So we're, we just we're, we want to be here for the patient to provide them with a place that they can go to get healthcare that they can trust. We're currently all telehealth as far as our ability to care for patients, we're quickly expanding into more of a primary care service where we can help patients via telehealth with their primary care needs and help them reverse disease. And then we hope to be able to have brick and mortar very soon. And the physicians that are in our company that provide care have been vetted and they have uh, stood that test through covid with providing patients the care that they needed. So this is what we hope for, to be able to just provide care that patients see is medicine the way it should be. Yeah, and then just like the one size fits all just never really worked, right? So everybody yeah. has to take the vaccine. Everybody has to do the same thing. It's like, well, no, not really. Like everybody's body is different. So we need to be, mm -hmm. we, we need to have individual healthcare, which is, you know, what fits the need of my body versus your body versus, you know, my son's body. And yeah, it's I all about medical freedom for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Well, that's awesome. And then, so with, as far as like hydroxychloroquine goes, um, the founder of the company worked with Zev Zelenko. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was best friends with Zev and they worked to together to bring Zev's supplement products to, you know, the, the combination of, of uh, supplements that help with COVID um, to the American people. And the journey that they went on together was fast and furious. They, Foster Colson went through a lot of education with regard to what was happening in the healthcare system and, and the medical freedom issues. And um, whenever he learned that Zeb was sick. He wanted to be able to carry on the mission. And that's one of the reasons he started this company. Okay. And then um, that's where the hydroxychloroquine kind of came into play. Because I know that Zeb Zelenko was, I think, one of the original doctors to reach out to Trump and tell him, hey, look, this is... I do believe he was. And and he 
had developed um, with some other physicians this protocol to help with early outpatient COVID treatment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember just watching a, a very early, like March 2020, um, mm-hmm. a, a, a video of him on Rudy Giuliani's podcast. Who was, was kind he? of just like introducing this. He's like, yeah, I've treated like over 2000 patients, no deaths. You know what I mean? Just and, zinc. And then why, why wasn't that like just mind blowing? What happened where something so phenomenal could just get swept under the rug or dismissed? It's incredible. Well, money. <laughs> there was money yeah. to be made from, a uh, you know, mRNA technology. So. There's that. Oh, yeah. And they can't, if they had a treatment that worked, they wouldn't be able to get the emergency use authorization for that. Product. For sure. Right. Yeah. And, but that's my whole thing, too, is like big pharma creates hydroxychloroquine, right? Big pharma creates ivermectin, but they're just not as expensive or they wouldn't, they don't have the profit margins as yeah, the, a new the technology. The is gone, but they, they still produce it. And, the, along those same lines, the incredible thing is that the company that had historically always promoted ivermectin and sold billions of doses and touted how great it was is also the one that then said, wait, it's really not that great. Yeah. <laughs> so that people would think somehow it's not something that could be utilized. For sure. Um, could you provide some examples of patients who have benefited from the wellness program or the wellness companies programs? Oh, yeah, we have so many testimonials. So I have somebody that um, uh, started the the protocol for long haul COVID, and he just reached out to me on one of the social media messengers and said, I'm starting this journey. I'm so excited to see what it does for me. So what what is uh, what did he have? Like what what did he like? What is long haul COVID? And then what did you guys give to them and, and how did that help, I guess? Yeah, so long haul COVID has, is a constellation of symptoms, fatigue and shortness of breath or um, brain fog mm-hmm. and... Um, like smell and taste and stuff. Exactly, sensory problems and maybe some neurological issues, spasms or uh, um, numbness or any, um, any other, um, strange phenomenon, um, can be associated with long haul COVID. It's, it's really just a a broad range of symptoms, but Mm -hmm. those are some of the most common ones. He reached out and started the protocol where he was seeing a physician getting started on medicines such as ivermectin, naltrexone, making sure that he had all of the vitamins lined out, good nutrition, ketogenic diet, intermittent fasting, and then also getting a lab panel done to make sure that 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 COVID illness had not caused any other problems. And he um, said that he was starting on the journey. And I said, I'm so excited that you reached out to me and told me about this. Keep me updated. And he has, and he has been improving. And this that's just one example that I have direct contact with of somebody who's going through this program. I am not a physician that's doing direct patient care with these patients. I just help with the protocols and overseeing, you know, the the medical practice side of the company. But we are also having patients that have benefited with other things that we do. We have a vaccine exemption um, program where we are able to help patients if they qualify for getting a medical exemption for um, any vaccine. 
And also, if they don't qualify, we help guide them down the, the path to uh, being able to request a religious or philosophical exemption. And so many people have sent thank you notes to the wellness company for us helping them through that sort of crisis that they were in. Yeah, no, that's huge. I mean, I know so many people who were impacted by that. And I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of people filled out letters. A lot of people didn't get accepted. You know what I mean? Because they, they went through mm -hmm. like this stint where they just a lot of employers weren't accepting medical, uh, you know, just medical reasons. Yeah. And so I have had to fill out in, in the patients that I have in my own personal clinic, I have had to fill out so many vaccine exemptions. And what's crazy is these companies think that they get to limit what constitutes a medical exemption. They will say they will put three spots on there. If, if the patient has ever had an, an allergic reaction to a component of the vaccine mm -hmm. or an allergic reaction to uh, the vaccine itself or other, and you list it out, but they, they won't accept the other. So even if I uh. say that a patient has had, you know, neurologic injury already, and we don't want to risk that, or they have a history of blood clots they will not accept those other things quite commonly. And it's incredible that this company is deciding um, for the patient what is what constitutes a medical exemption and what doesn't. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, how can you not think that it's about money at that point? Right. Because it's I like, know. okay, you're not thinking about healthcare at this point. You're talking about. And, and I don't even know if it's necessarily money. I think it even is more nefarious than that. I think that they want, they just want to push that harmful vaccine yeah. down the throats of everyone. Yeah. And that's something that we've talked about on our show too, is just, okay, if it's not about money, then what is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Then that means that they're, they have malicious intent to cause exactly. damage. Right. And right. that is, uh, oof. Man, you're talking, you're I talking know. like depopulation stuff, right? Crimes against humanity. Those yeah. are the words that I used up on the steps um, at the memorial at the DC March. And I mean, I mean it. I feel like this has been an atrocious act um, that I never could have believed could go so far. It's been it's been incredible. Oh, for sure. And and I mean, like the mRNA technology, I think it's a technology. I, I don't I don't really think it's a vaccine because it varies so much from traditional vaccines. Oh yeah, you're not works. getting immunity. You're not getting protection against transferring the infection. And it doesn't stay in your muscle tissue, right? It's supposed to stay in the the actual wherever they inject it, but it gets into your oh, bloodstream. Right. I could uh, let me tell you about that. So when that first came out, and I knew about the technology, and I was studying and figuring out what this lipid nanoparticle was doing, and that it was designed to kind of slip through every type of cell in the body. And I was talking about it with a group of physicians um, online, some that weren't quite awake, and they were so dismissive. They're like, we are, we know how vaccines work. We know that they stay in the arm. We know they stay in the deltoid. They create an immune response and they don't go anywhere. And I'm like, no, but this is different. Yeah. This is not the same. And they were so, um, they were just so blind to seeing the truth. But yes, the lipid nanoparticle is designed to slip through every type of cell in the body. And in fact, the biodistribution study that was done um, shows that that kind of, um, that that vaccine can go and um, set up in the bone marrow, go through the blood brain barrier and go to the brain, go to the ovaries and the testes. 
this is now, this is, this is not a conspiracy. This is where yeah. that injection goes. Well, yeah. And then it, so it, um, basically reverse engineers itself to incorporate the spike protein, or at least the, uh, the, the RNA that develops the protein. Mm -hmm. It allows your cells to create that. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so the, the mRNA sequence is the sequence to tell your cells to make that pathologic, terrible spike protein. Um, and there is also research that's come out lately that shows that those vaccines are also highly contaminated with the original DNA sequence that's Ooh. used to make the mRNA injection, which is super scary. Okay. We, we also know that there's a study that came out in early, I do believe it was early 2022 that showed that the, um, hepatocytes, the liver cells that were in this study showed DNA, uh, that either that the mRNA had been reverse transcribed, meaning it had been taken backwards to the DNA sequence. Mm -hmm. And then it can then become part of that um, genome. And, um, or I guess now thinking about it, it could be that it's this DNA contamination that they're now finding in the, in the vaccines. The spike protein production is, we don't yet know when it shuts off. It may be incessant right? and um, long-term. We know that all the studies are at the end of the studies are still showing um, presence of spike protein and tissue and lymph, no uh, lymph nodes. Yep. And so the spike protein is just, it's bad that we would have, this should have never happened where they make any type of injection, whether it's mRNA or whatever, the, that technology in and of itself is, is scary with the lipid nanoparticle being inflammatory, but also the pathologic nature of the spike protein that it's telling your body to make is is very inflammatory yeah we have a product that we created that is specifically able to help neutralize the spike and all of us are exposed to spike either from the vaccine or if you've had if you have long-haul covid if you're around those that have yeah had shedding vaccine, so that's something i wanted to ask you about too is like yeah. uh the difference between directly injecting the mRNA versus <laughs> shedding. Like yeah. how bad is it if you're around somebody who's shedding versus the, the direct, because it seems like the direct injection would be 10 times worse. So the direct injection is certainly, is certainly worse. We have a lot to learn about exactly what is being shed. We know it's most likely just spike that is in exosomes or is being in respiratory droplets are being exhaled or is in um, sweat. Mm -hmm. And so, and that, but that spike itself can be inflammatory if the, if the patient is exposed and there are many anecdotal accounts of patients that have been around somebody who was recently vaccinated and they got very sick. Oh, I, yeah. I, I've seen a um, report from an MD who was very sick after being some around close contact for a day or two after somebody who was recently vaccinated and he himself got myocarditis. And wow. so there is just so much to learn about that exposure. Well, yeah, I, I just recently heard Dr. McCullough in a recent interview saying that they're anticipating up to 90 days that this spike protein could be like you, you oh, the, the even, chance of you shedding, longer. right? Or, oh, for, as far, yeah. So as far as shedding, 
don't really Probably. know. Probably. I mean, originally they were saying heavily, maybe that first month, but, but yeah, I, I don't know when it stops. I don't know. Mm, okay. Well, so how does this spike, uh, spike support supplement work that you guys are selling here? Well, so we had known based off of a study that came out in fall of 2021, that dandelion, um, can help block the attachment of spike to the ACE receptor. Mm, and okay. so we, we have that in there. And then we also know that patients who've had the vaccine or have had COVID or long haul COVID are, have a um, propensity to developing clots. And so we put natokinase in our supplement. I'm so thankful that we were led to put that in our supplement because then there and natokinase is an enzyme that can help break down fibrin clots. Okay. Well, then in December of last year, there's a study that came out. It's um, in vitro study, seeing what the activity of natokinase is against spike, and it degradates the spike protein. It okay. breaks it down, which so is now, so phenomenal. So in vitro is petri dish, right? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. in vivo is Out live live animal, you know. So mm -hmm. are there any studies that in vivo this will work in an actual mammalian body or a mammalian cell or anything like that? There, for the for the effects of the natokinase against fibrin, yeah, lots of that evidence. Um, okay. which is another reason to have that natokinase on board. And that's a, the, that was our original intent. And so it's just um, serendipitous that it also has this other action. It looks like it's going to work against spike. And okay. we hope that it's also working against spike in vivo. And we do believe that it would because all of the other action of natokinase, once it's absorbed, we see that it's active um, in, uh, in the bloodstream. And so it, it has um, amazing effects for that. But then also I was doing recent research, and this is preliminary, but it looks like natokinase also has um, effects, um, beneficial effects to help uh, help with pulmonary fibrosis. Pulmonary fibrosis is something that has happened with patients that had had severe COVID that were in the hospital a long time, that were yeah. very sick, maybe on the vent. I have some patients that came to me that had severe COVID and thankfully they survived, but they do have fibrosis now. So I just texted a patient of mine last night to have um, her husband start natokinase. He's also my patient and he was very sick for his pulmonary fibrosis. And so now also there is um, some studies that show black cumin seed, nigella sativa, which is in our spike extract, can also help with um, pulmonary problems such as pulmonary fibrosis, asthma, COPD. That's Patients awesome. who had COVID have long-term respiratory difficulty. So it's not a stretch to think that that, which is also in the spike supplement, um, can help with those respiratory um, issues as well. So as far as like a supplement goes, is this something that they would need to take every single day for the rest of their lives? Or is this kind of like, just take it for a month, see how it works, and then we'll test your blood? I wouldn't say necessarily for the rest of their lives. I mean, if we find out more research, if they've had the vaccine, it's potential that they may need to take it very long term. Hmm. We do not know yet when the body stops producing spike, if ever. Okay. Um, but as far as somebody with long haul COVID or COVID or exposed to somebody with a vaccine, that would just be situational depending on how they're doing or if they're still exposed. I get you. So do you guys ever get like pushback 
for selling a product, you know, because like it is kind of like it's it's a product. It's you're making money, but it's helping people, too. And it's using natural mm. kind of ingredients, but it's, you know, it's supposed to help the the vaccine injury. But do you ever get pushback about that? Not I haven't seen it. I'm I'm praying and hoping it doesn't. Okay. I mean, the thing is that patients have become so uh aware of the fact that pharmaceuticals are something they don't trust the same anymore and that they don't want to rely on anymore. And the, those patients that are awake want to rely on natural supplements. Yeah. And I'm super excited that we have this available. Um, and then also I talk to my patients about this all the time, patients that I'm trying to get off of pharmaceuticals and wean them off and, and de-prescribe and re re reverse their chronic disease. We talk about the issues in the supply chain all the time. Oh, As yeah. a physician, every day I have patients that are on certain medications that can no longer get them, or we have to figure out an alternative right now because they're, you know, they're on, it's on back order. We don't even know when it's going to be back in stock. I yeah. tell my patients, let's let's not rely on these pharmaceuticals. They're unreliable. Well, not only that, but I think um, something that you could respond in the pushback is be like, well, the goal is to get you off the pharmaceuticals. So, I mean, right. you can take our product for a limited amount of time and then never need those pharmaceuticals again. And I mean, that right there is a benefit. That's exactly right. You know what I mean? And so exactly. and I and I agree, because like <clears throat> when it comes to pharmaceuticals, you know, a dead person is does, you no good. Right. Because they're not going to make you money. So you, it's, it's the illness that they profit off of. Right. So it's, they, it, it's essentially a, well they, a customer. And they create illness incredibly. I mean, one example of that is patients that are on proton pump inhibitors, which has become so common, you know, the, the medicines that are used for heartburn, the, the top tier sort of level of medications that are used to reduce acid and omeprazole, esomeprazole, um, mm -hmm. they reduce your absorption of nutrients so significantly that I truly believe they contribute to chronic disease. We know they contribute to osteoporosis because you're not absorbing like magnesium and, yeah. and D and K. Um, yeah, that's a great point because, I mean, you have all these medications that, I mean, if you're taking TED medications, who knows what the heck is going to happen inside your body 10 years down the road or even two exactly. years down the road. And so, but even just, um, one-offs like, uh, ibuprofen, didn't they just come out with ibuprofen does damage to the heart tissue over long term periods of time? Is this, I haven't seen that. If that's a recent study, I'm not, I don't doubt it. I mean, it decreases yeah. cross production, which are, which is protective. And so it, and also I tell my patients about this too, Tylenol decreases your glutathione production, which is one of your most important, you know, sort of healing um, agents in your body. And these patients are just taking Tylenol chronically mm -hmm. and they don't know that it actually is very harmful. Well, is that uh, so like NAC, is that why people are prescribed NAC for Tylenol poisoning or something like that? Yeah, because um, NAC is a precursor to glutathione. And so it helps your system restore glutathione levels. And the reason why we use NAC is uh, glutathione may have trouble being absorbed. And mm -hmm. so, you know, NAC has uh, more of ability to be absorbed. And so it's what helps produce that glutathione. Yeah, I know uh, NAC works. I've been taking it 
for a while. Uh, my father-in-law, who's elderly, he's never had COVID, and he takes mm-hmm. NAC routinely off and on. And uh, I mean, just he just doesn't get sick. Um, but not only that, but they tried to ban it on Amazon. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, hello, why are you trying to in, ban in a May, supplement? In May of 2021 is when, when I found out that they were doing that. I immediately went on my Amazon account and got several bottles. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so just a quick question about like the wellness company and just like protecting your company as a whole and mm-hmm. uh, doing the vetting for the the physicians. How do you how do you vet the physicians to ensure that we don't get into this mess again and that like you're not taking or you're, you're not taking bribes? I'm not saying that, but like that your physicians wouldn't be in the same position to accept some money for doing something that they well is not right. So as far as I know, physicians are not benefiting financially. They don't, there's no, there is no financial benefit from pharmaceutical companies that that stopped about 15 years ago. There's no kickbacks or gotcha. sort of like, you know, trips or nothing like that is happening. It hasn't happened for a long time. I think it's mostly coercion that affects physicians coercions or worry about their reputation or worry about their, their license being yeah taken license, away. Yep. board certification i mean yep. this is the board the board of uh, special medical specialties has just been rogue in taking away board specialty certification for physicians and this is such a atrocity because many physicians require that board specialty certification in order to get credentialed through a hospital or be able to have contracts with insurance. This just pushes us to the situation where we have to just remove ourselves from that system. Yeah, no. And so that's, that's pretty much what you have to do then, right? Is just Mm -hmm. start on your own system, parallel Mm -hmm. system, parallel economy type of thing. Okay. Man, that's tough. It's huge. That is tough. But uh, yeah, going back to this, the spike, right? Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that I've heard, and I have I have big concerns about this, is our blood supply. Okay, so if if you mm-hmm. have reports up to like eighty percent of our blood supply comes from vaccinated people, yes. What do we plan on doing? And you know, as far as like, because there was that couple, I believe the the parents over in Australia that refused mm-hmm. to have their daughter or son infused with vaccinated blood. They were denied. Mm-hmm. The child received the vaccinated blood and died within a week. Yeah, so what uh, what do you think our goal is there? What do you think we can do about that? Well, so I think that there could be utility in developing a network of people that are unvaccinated yeah. that can be at the ready. But the problem is, is, and this is this is for emergency situations. The problem is that if a hospital is not going to have that source of blood supply ready and waiting in an emergency situation, then you're not going to be able to use that unvaccinated blood in an emergency situation. Exactly. If you have to do if you have to do an elective surgery, a lot of hospitals and blood banks, I had to have surgery um, in 2011 and I had family members bank blood for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that the Red Cross and the hospital worked together and I was able to use banked blood from my family members 
And that still is the case. A lot of hospitals will work with your local blood bank to use bank blood in preparation. Like if you have a surgery, you know, you're going to have to have. It's the emergency situation that is so um, precarious and scary. With yeah, because there's nothing blood. you can do, right? If it's if it's right. not there, it's not there. And then you have to have blood. So it's like ugh, there's nothing we can exactly. really do for you. Right. Aye, aye. Yeah, because that's the one thing that I worry about is just if we are in a situation where we know and we realize that 80 percent of our blood supply is tainted, what do you do mm-hmm. with it? You know what I mean? I I, I completely agree. I, I recently heard about legislation that's being introduced in some northwest state. I can't remember if it was Montana. I don't remember, but they're talking about um, making blood um uh, declaring that if the if the blood is of a vaccinated donor that it's unusable. Oh boy! Yeah. Well, you know what that I I think Bill Gates will hop right on that. He'll create some <laughs> fake blood for everybody to use, and he'll make billions. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, yeah, he'll reverse it and use it to his advantage. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Um, uh, what about monoclonal antibodies? Because seemingly they were effective. They worked great for a lot of people. Uh, they pulled those off the market. I just I, they used the excuse that they didn't work with the new strain of Omicron or something like that. So they just completely took it off the shelf, even though the vaccines that they are forcing people to take were modified or they were created based off of a variant that was over a year old. You know, and they yeah, they for didn't. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a, a correct and good point about the vaccine. I mean, obviously, they're using um, they're basing it off of the original variant, and it's like people still don't get that. Um, <sighs> as far as the monoclonal antibodies, I kind of feel mixed about it. Okay. I had I had patients that were very high risk, very high risk, and we did monoclonal antibodies along with all of the other um, outpatient therapies that I knew worked and, um, and they survived. And I feel confident that they probably had benefit from those monoclonal antibodies. Mm -hmm. And, but then at the same time, there was a lot of discussion about how are those monoclonal antibodies made? And, and it's been a while since I've really put thought into it because, um, I knew that at the time there was there was um, controversy about how they were made. I, I just I can't remember you. all the detail. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I always wonder about that because, I mean, you had Regeneron, which Trump apparently took when he got COVID too. He was boasting uh-huh. about that. And I'm like, is that why they took that away too? Because Trump took oh, it? Oh, yeah. That's possible. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, what about uh, ivermectin? What do you know about that? How how have you guys used that or have you ever used that? And, uh, oh, it's a staple. I feel like I use it um, frequently. It can be used for almost any RNA virus. I mean, the flu virus is RNA and RSV is RNA. And the, the mechanisms of action are broad with ivermectin as far as antiviral activity, um, activity against spike uh, and the uh, safety profile is phenomenal. It's so safe. We use it um, if a patient has COVID or suspected COVID. We use it. We get it from a compounding pharmacy, Partel Pharmacy. We get that um, quickly, um, p- uh, weight-based uh, dosing, yeah. and are able to, you know. And we also use it for long-haul COVID and vaccine injury. 
for sure. And then uh, does it have any other um, like remedy value as far as for other diseases? Like I'm not speaking like I know, but I'm just I've heard of potential cancer treatments with ivermectin. Well, there is a lot of research out there for it. Yeah, there's a lot. And I, you know, I don't know exactly all the mechanisms. One of the things that I think may, this is just my own sort of um, a hypothesis. I'm not saying this is it, but whenever we start looking into the likelihood that we're probably all exposed and fighting some parasites you know we it may come off of our vegetables or fruits or in our water supply and we're not all getting tested for these things but if our immune system is taxed because it's constantly sort of trying to keep that infection under control or at bay or constantly fighting those things off if we take ivermectin and it frees up our immune system to help go fight other things. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if that has something to do with how come it works so well for so many other things. That well, are- yes, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've looked into uh, the parasitic function of all of this, but I've have you ever heard of Dr. Jason Dean? I haven't. Okay. I recently had him on the show and he he is going down this road of, you know, COVID could be kind of parasitic. In nature as well because he's uh he's a parasitic kind of he, he dives into parasitic uh, analysis and you know he's a um I, I believe a licensed chiropractor so okay i don't know exactly as far as like md you know where that goes but uh-huh. he he was saying that he has this parasitic protocol where uh you know and he was noticing that when this first came out when covid started blowing up Mm-hmm. They were describing or they were prescribing HCQ ivermectin. He's like, well, that's anti-parasitic medication. So why are uh-huh. they, you know, and if you look at the map, like the world map of where COVID was not, it was not uh-huh. over in Africa where they were taking all of this for malaria and, you know, prevention. And mm-hmm. So he had this kind of theory that there's some sort of parasitic or parasitic value with COVID infections. And I'm not sure if it is because COVID is definitely a disease. I mean, I've had it. It freaking sucks. It'll take you out. Um, yeah, there's, I do believe it's an infectious disease. And there's this discussion that um, some people have that it isn't. I, I just can't believe based off of my um, experiences with my patients that it's not an infectious disease. I mean, my nurse had it. And then a week later, or less than a week later, I have it. I mean, I'm sitting next to her all day. Yeah. And I'm. that's just one silly little example. But you know, if, if we know that the, um, the medication ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are common medications that are used over in those countries, then we can extrapolate that it would then help prevent that illness. But I'm not, I don't know about extrapolating and saying that it actually means that it's a parasite. I do know that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine help bring our zinc ionophores and they help bring zinc into the cell, which can mm-hmm. help inhibit viral replication. It changes the pH. And so I know that there's those mechanisms of action, which just makes sense to be able to say, well, if it is a virus and it's inhibiting viral replication by those actions, then those are other ways those medications can work. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I you know, like correlations, not always causation. So there could be some overlap there too. Uh-huh. Um, what about, right. so the last thing I have for you, Allergies. Okay. Cause it seems like uh-huh. I have tremendous 
allergies. Okay. This sucks. Mm-hmm. I live in the Northwest. And when April rolls around, I'm just dreading it because that's when my eyes start itching. Everything mm-hmm. just starts pouring out of my body. And I'm like, no. And I, you know, I had, I left my, I haven't seen my regular physician since before COVID. Yeah. And, um, which was really weird because I told, uh, Dr. Jason Dean, this as well as that the last time I had a teleconference with my doctor, he asked me if I ever had an HIV test for the first time ever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, like, where is that coming from? Exactly. I've been with my wife the whole time. You know what I mean? So like, I, I'm yeah. like, no, like there's no way I have HIV. She doesn't have HIV. We're, we're solid here, but where is this coming from? <laughs> and, That's- uh, so just that. And then like the whole pushing of the mask, the pushing of the vaccines, I just couldn't take it. So, yeah, um, I'm looking into kind of a naturopath. Do you guys offer any naturopathy or any holistic medicine therapy? Oh, we do allergy. Talking about allergies is a, is a hot topic right now with my patients. And, um, we have, uh, at the wellness company introduced an amazing, I just love it so much. It's a program called allergy free and it's sublingual drops that the patient can start and titrate up on the dose and they don't have to go get all of the skin prick testing. It's basically a comprehensive allergen, um, formula that the patient can start taking and they build up tolerance to dozens of different allergens that are very common across the country. And it works so well. Many, many, many patients, the, the um, clinical evidence shows that they're very near symptom free at one year. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was wondering as far as like, what's in this thing, because I have heard that if you slowly over time, expose yourself to an allergen, you'll kind of build up your natural immunity to it. And then you'll, because that's what allergies are, right? It's a hyperactive immune system. Yes, exactly. And so your immune system, a response to an allergen is going to include four different components. You got IgG, IgE, IgG4, and complement. And you can have one of those components be sky high, but then your body can come in and provide this complementary um, response to sort of neutralize that allergic component. And that's one of the things that can happen with this tolerance uh, building of allergens is your body can basically uh, heal itself and reduce that allergic response. And I love it because all of these things that patients have to use to, to manage allergies I don't love, I mean, antihistamines have side effects. The steroids have side effects. Nasal steroids have side effects, all of it. And so this is a really great way of being able to do, um, to do it without pharmaceuticals. And also there is a, there are different um, supplement blends. We don't actually have one. We may develop one, but there are different supplement blends that can help you with allergies, stinging nettle health. I was just going to say, health. yes, nettle. I uh, started taking that local honey, you know what I mean? Local honey yes. in the area. Yes. Um, yeah. Have you also, oh yeah, go ahead. Bee pollen is another thing that you can use just for really, really, really good nutritional support. And when you mm. have that good nutritional support, your immune system is less dysfunctional and haywire. Um, and so that's another, um, that's another nutritional, uh, support that I recommend. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Cause, uh, have you ever heard of NAET? It's like a holistic therapy. I haven't. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I mean, my sister-in-law did it and she swore by it. 
but then she got COVID. What does it stand for? Uh, oh boy. Here, hold on. Okay. Actually, I just looked it up on my phone here. It's a Nambud Nambudrapad allergy elimination techniques. Nambud huh. Nambudrapad. I don't know what that means. Okay. I don't know. Well, anyway, so if you if you look this up, you got to look it up. So there's like uh -huh. videos where they take like an electro tiny like electric shock all the way down your spine. Uh huh. And they have you hold on to your allergen like they find out what you're allergic to. Right. And they put it in a little vial and they have you hold on to it. And they put this like, uh, you know, like uh, little sharp spikes down your spine. And I guess it, you know, it worked for her. For over two years, and then she homeopathy got homeopathy or something. Yeah, it's like very, very homeopathic. And then, but uh -huh. once she got COVID, all of her allergies came back. Oh, you know, I don't doubt it. I've seen the same thing in some of my patients. Totally. Yeah. So it's like yeah. just, and that explains like the uh, lower immune system, the heightened allergic response system. I don't know. It just mm -hmm. goes all into haywire. So. Yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. So, uh, before we get out of here, where can people find you? Where can you, uh, where can people go find the products that you just mentioned and all that good stuff? Oh yeah. Thanks for asking. TWC.health is where you sign up, um, or where you can sign up to be a member and get reduced prices on our care and supplements. You don't have to, um, necessarily sign up to get the supplements. Um, but I do think that it's, it's now, um, required to be a member to get the care and it's only $10 a month. Um, but, uh, twc.health, you can find me on Twitter at H Gessling and at twc.health, I think is Twitter. Um, I need to memorize that. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Well, perfect. Yeah. And then Dr. Heather Gessling, thank you so much for coming on. I always enjoy talking with doctors that are uh, like-minded and that actually use their brain. And they want to treat people, not to just give them a drug. So, Absolutely. Well, this has been fun. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you so much. And then until next time, everybody, we will see you all later. Bye-bye. See you later.